after countless experiments, all testing proofs negative. No enhanced abilities, no physical mutations, no nothing. It seems you shall never become anything more than a mere monkey. Monkey, this is Agent Honeydew. Help us. <laughs> Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sennard. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Wheel. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex, and we watch Congo. What? What you, you guys? My mind, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what a film! I That's what we're calling it. So much. We used to look like, wow, Jurassic Park made a lot of money. Just adapt another one of his books. That's the only thing you got to worry about. Doesn't matter who makes it. Or how it's made. Or That's how we ended up with so many Stephen King movies. Buddy. Yes. You better believe it. Yeah. I mean, everything like, about what was Shining were like two of the first three. So, of course, they adapted every short uh, story. That's a thing. That? The that's how... 25 pages? Yeah, 80 minutes is cool. Exactly. That's how we got Lawnmower Man. They literally did not read the story. They're just like, well, Stephen King wrote it. We can film it. Then they realized it was unfilmable and put it on a different script. Whereas with Congo, they read the book and they're just like, we'll cut this, this, and this. Who cares what Mike says? And speaking of movies with monkeys. <laughs> we'll get to that. But before we get to that, Parker, do we have any news? Did anything important happen over the week? The coward Itchy Bondon could not overcome the bird gauntlet. <laughs> You hate to see it. <laughs> Lamestream media is not reporting on this. But the bird teams have once again eclipsed everything. Shout out to all my birds, supporters since day one. We love all of you. It's nice to see a Joe from Delaware finally win something. <laughs> and more importantly, they're making Bloodshot too. We did oh, it, guys. Oh, fuck yes, We've dude. been leading this campaign, the three of us, since... Since coronavirus started, and I feel like we're, our hard work's finally paying off. Man, that movie is going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> just for us alone. We're going to open up a Patreon just to keep renting it. Yes. Oh, man. I am so stoked for that. Oh, my God. If it comes out and theaters are still closed, we could just rent out a full theater to go watch Bloodshot 2 together, you guys. <laughs> that will actually be the thing where I go to the Alamo and pay $300 just to sit in there by myself. I and will start Alex. saving tomorrow. <laughs> Everything's looking up. That's about it. I'm going to share this other news in the world, but I don't care about that. We watched a movie about killer apes, so what do I care? Okay. Uh, I'm white. Case, I'll be fine. <laughs> in that case, <laughs> let's get to our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. My jerk of the week is Bill Gates for waiting until after the election to invent the vaccine for coronavirus. <laughs> Syntax, actually. <laughs> 
Uh, I had a jerk of the week, but I forgot it. So my jerk of the week's the fucking dude that forgot to use his black guy burner on Twitter. (laughs) 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 Not just the black guy burner. That's his fucking gaff man burner. (laughs) Don't you think we forget to switch to your gay autistic version black man account? (laughs) Uh, My jerk of the week is whoever made that Joe Biden Avengers Endgame thing. It made me so viscerally uncomfortable the entire time through. And it kept getting worse the longer it went. And I thought someone sent it to me as a joke, and then I realized they weren't joking, and now I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm at a crossroads of my friendship now. So, Parker, you actually watched the whole thing. You sat there watching it with a smile on your face. What other people did they have in there besides Joe Biden? Was Joe Biden, I guess he was Iron Man, Kamala would have been okay, so, fucking like, Scorpion. It's the thing in the game where they all come to the portals. So after, like, the first 12 fucking god-awful lib pieces of shit like Pete Buttigieg and all that. Like, I feel like, okay, I get what this is. And then that fucking 12-year-old Norwegian girl was there. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not Greta fucking watching this. See, I was going to say Greta Gerwig. I'm like, wait, that's the director. And I'm not going to Google the actual name. I know it's Greta something. But yeah, thanks again to everyone who sent that. I was like, oh my god, I have tears in my eyes. I wish I was dead. I think her name was Greta Thunberg, and I also said Greta Thunderthighs. Uh, we hear real dude. I do not agree with sexualizing a child. Pete Buttigieg is in it. Thank you, Cory Booker, for everything you've done to defeat the Orange Man. Oh my god, I hope Tulsi Gabbard was in it, too. What a cursed time we live in. Man, I'm so glad I didn't click on that. <laughs> Oh, I, I, thought, I know like, oh, this will be like ironic and funny, and then it oh, the conversation soured shortly thereafter. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's hey, fine. Man, you want to get like lunch or something after this? No, I'm I'm busy with the I'm full stalking. Yeah, when I say I'm full, you know I'm fucking with you. Little <laughs> <laughs> cool treat, lad. Okay, uh, let's talk about what we watched recently. I took my medicine and I actually watched some of my assignments. I watched Jennifer's Body. Oh boy. Now I feel like this could go one of two ways. And knowing you, I feel like no, you mentioned the that. Option. You you mentioned that uh, one of the most insulting things you've ever said to me was, <laughs> "I think there's a real possibility that you would enjoy Jennifer's Body." Uh, first of all, it's I've never enjoyed a, a woman's body. And second of all, I will never enjoy Diablo Cody's writing. She is just so talentless. It's so embarrassing that she enjoys this also. (laughs) I mentioned this to a girl, Alex, and she said that she didn't know that Diablo Cody was a girl. (laughs) So, yeah. The devil has many forms, Christopher. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point, yes. Uh, Jennifer's body is... It's got all the terrible dialogue of Juno. Not quite as bad as Juno, because nothing's really that bad. But there's still some really, like, dumb lines in it. And you think, oh, well, if it's not as bad as Juno, then uh, it must be a better movie, right? No. Because, one, there's more of it. There's a whole lot of dialogue. None of the characters ever shut up. Even when the character finally closes their fucking mouth, then the narration starts. This is not a movie that needs or, or wants narration. But it has it. And uh, the other problem here is the whole thing is in a horror movie, which, Parker, after I've seen (laughs) more than 400 of these things, maybe horror movies just aren't good. Correct. 
You finally get it. Damn, what gave it away? You know, it took me a while. I, I was enjoying them so much. But then Jennifer's Body came around. And every single time that I mention this to people, they're like, oh, that movie is so funny. No. So the next movie I watched was House of Wax, starring <laughs> Paris Hilton. Thank you, Alex. I'm pretty sure this one was you. Uh, this is uh, better than the original, right? I forgot about that. Thank you, Alex. No, this is not better than the original. This movie, is it's really bad, but I want to talk about this for, for one thing in particular. Most of the reason that House of Wax 2005 is poorly received is because of Paris Hilton. There was a time in the American culture that dumping on Paris Hilton was more fun than dumping on the French. I don't really understand it. And it's <laughs> Tell that to Roland Emmerich. <laughs> <laughs> he must have been happy. It's like, oh, finally, they make fun of someone other than me. But uh, fucking, what's, what's the... Um, Kim Kardashian, for a bit, became like the new Paris Hilton that's a famous celebrity that we can make fun of. But yeah, until she was like, usurped by Bob O'Man's wife. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Paris Hilton... Well, that's for three people. Nobody... <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. My good friend Dan will laugh really hard while there he's driving. And here's yeah, he, that. <laughs> so anyway, Paris Hilton. One of the things I don't like about her is she's not really an actress. She's really just a really rich guy's daughter who's kind you of don't pretty. Say. Yeah, she just makes the same face over and over and over again, and she can't really emote. She's not really. She doesn't belong in movies or in magazines or anything else that she's ever been in. Uh, House of Wax should not be called House of Wax. It should be called Town of Wax. Because they go to this uh, town to search for, I don't know, some sort of belt for their car or something. I wouldn't pay attention. And most of the citizenry there are just wax figures. But that's not scary because they look like wax. They don't look like real people. Also, Chad Michael Murray's in this. So. Something Can we talk me. about the funniest part of the movie? Let's or hear it. it just slams into My Chemical Romance immediately. <laughs> Thank you for reminding <laughs> it's 1A and 1B with Kill Switch Engage for me. That, that is time. absolutely one of the funniest end credit smash cuts I've ever heard in my life. Straight into the first verse of Helena. It's so goddamn funny. <laughs> Especially because the movie's ending is... It's not quite like the um, uh, Sleepaway Camp ending where you're just like, oh, okay. It's, uh, it's more like this... Obviously, it's not a twist or anything else like that. It's just like, oh, okay, that doesn't really change anything that happened. And it won't change anything in the future. They're certainly not making a House of Wax too. Basically, I, the idea is... Uh, the movie says that there were two brothers, and one of them was born uh, profoundly fucked up and turns people into wax figures or something. And the other one is helping him with his habit or something. I don't know, something stupid. Anyway, there was a third brother the entire time, and he was this redneck who was helping them. And it's like, oh... Okay. So. Burn it <laughs> That's how the movie goes. You're like, well, what the fuck does that mean? And then you're just hit with it immediately. Yeah. Then you leave the theater because for some reason that movie is almost two hours. No, oh, that movie is. That movie is. Quite long. 35 minutes too long. As someone yes. who. Look, I have a very soft spot for that. Just any kind of shitty 2000s horror movie. Cram in my face movie should not be almost two hours that is absurd whoever did that should have been fired that's the thing is you talk about the aesthetic of a movie from that era 2005 mid-2000 sort of thing they do this thing that and parker i guess you are the only one who would understand where i'm going with this it reminds me of book of shadows blair witch 2 oh, buddy. but that that sort of thing where they language. 
they pick up a uh, video camera and it's in black and white and they're like moving all around showing people drinking and stuff like that while like heavy metal plays I'm like imagine being in a theater watching this and being like yeah this is a horror movie it's just terrible there's nothing scary about it it's just kind of annoying I enjoy that movie way more than I should and that's fine no, okay, okay, don't worry. I would have I'll, never I'll recommended it to you, but luckily my good friend Alex had my back. Now, here's the thing. Greetings. It's it's definitely not the worst movie that I saw. It's certainly better than Jennifer's Body. Um, I think the re- I, I think the reason <laughs> that it was so poorly received is simply because of Paris Hilton. And this is something we've mentioned very briefly on the podcast before, but I looked it up, and most of the poor reaction to it was it won a couple of Razzies. And oh just God. to reiterate, the oh, Razzies don't... Yeah, just to reiterate, the Razzies don't mean anything, okay? The Razzies are, it's it's all this pop culture stuff. I don't even think they watch House of Wax, they're just like, Paris Hilton's in it. <laughs> I know who that is, and I don't like her, and I'm going to give this movie a Razzie for it. And if you watch the movie, there's some, I don't know that I'd call them scary scenes, but at least visually interesting scenes. Like, like that first guy who gets, like, pelted with wax, he's in that weird-looking, like, precursor to Pinhead sort of thing. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, like, what the fuck was that? And him just accidentally peeling off that dude's face. That's good stuff. Yeah. Like That's what you want. There's visually interesting stuff. Does the movie work? No. But there are some Absolutely things that not. I'm going but to... also, <laughs> the entire house melts in the climax while they're running through it, which is good to me. Yeah, that was actually kind of... There's some neat stuff in here. There really is. Um, I'm going to go with two good ones next. Uh, my good friend Alex came over and visited, and she convinced me to watch a movie called Drop Dead Gorgeous. Um, now... I had been a little resistant to it. I was like, oh, one of those chick flicks with kissing and mushy stuff. This is not a romance at all. This is... I can't believe I'm saying this. I think Drop Dead Gorgeous might be the single most underrated movie I've ever seen. Um, it's a mockumentary about... Okay, um, I was about to ask what it was, because I feel like I'm thinking of five different movies when I hear that title. Right, yeah, that's exactly what uh, I thought, too. Drop Dead Gorgeous is a mockumentary about beauty pageants. There's this, oh, shit. yeah. It, there's this beauty pageant in uh, Minnesota. Also, Parker, just for you, this is a dark comedy, a really dark comedy, and a hilarious one too. So there's a beauty pageant in Minnesota, and uh, Kirstie Alley is in this as a former beauty queen, and she wants to enter her daughter into it and continue the family the family legacy of winning beauty pageants. And uh, her daughter is Denise Richards. But there's a, an up-and-coming challenger, the the girl next door, Kirsten Dunst, who apparently has a natural Minnesota accent, which is perfect for the movie. Um, I think her mother was also a former beauty pageant queen, so just runs in the family, I guess. Anyway, uh, they're competing, and there's some other girls. Brittany Murphy's in it, and she's fantastic, as always. Uh, anyway, where does the dark comedy come in? Kirstie Alley and Denise Richards are very clearly picking off uh, some of the contestants. They're just killing them so that she'll have a a clear path to number one, even though she's very clearly 1A, 1B with uh, Kirsten Dunst. And it's actually really, really funny. It is so fucking hilarious. I gotta tell you about the, the cast here. This is one of the most powerful casts I have ever seen in any movie ever. So... I already mentioned Kirsten Dunst and some of the other ones. Ellen Barkin's in it. Allison Janney, who I just... I don't think she's ever been bad in a movie before. You got Mindy Sterling. You got uh, Amy Adams in her first ever role. It's uh, Adam West is in it uh, as himself, because 
after Batman, he just sort of just played TV's Adam West for a while. It is so funny. From beginning to end, I was laughing hysterically. I, I, I highly, highly recommend it to both of you. So, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, absolutely worth your time. If you're from Minnesota, you just, you've already seen it, I guess, because uh, what else are you going to do there? But, I mean, seriously, this was so, so funny. It looks extremely my shit. I don't know what movie I was thinking of, but it was not a movie about a Exactly. Movie. You're thinking Clueless or Heathers or some sort of romantic comedy, chick oh, flick sort of thing. Th- oh, that's a triple threat, guys. Let's line up that <laughs> afternoon. I fucking love this movie to death. Um, well, so you're going to watch the, the Netflix one next, right? There is no... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, then I put on something that uh, she didn't really uh, feel like watching, and she got kind of bored, so I was like, okay, I'll put on something else, and I just put on Darkman, which I had never seen before. Holy shit, I was missing out. Is Darkman a future episode? I'd always assumed it was, because there's been at least like a dozen times where I'm like, I should do all of Sam Raimi's movies, and I'm like, okay, well, there's all the Spider-Man and all the Evil Deads, and it's like three other things so maybe yeah. i'll just save these <laughs> it's dark man and uh drag me to hell i don't even know if there's a fucking third. wizard of oz movie that exists oh, right. for some yeah. reason my dad loved that movie by the way so <laughs> what back up <laughs> i would like that whole story if you don't mind <laughs> oh well my dad uh happens to really like the book series the wizard of oz um and his, his mother actually has the original col- uh, collection, which must be worth a, a billion dollars or something. Anyway, he, uh, he really likes the books, and he likes the original Wizard of Oz, but he was like, you know, there are other stories that they could have told. And Oz the Great and Powerful is actually a pretty good adaptation of the story in the books. So uh, he, he actually went up there and was like, I really, really like that. And for what it's worth, I like Oz the Great and Powerful too. I think that's a really well-made movie. Um, there's some just visually gorgeous moments in the movie. Anyway, uh, Dark Man by Sam Raimi. This movie is the most Sam Raimi movie I have ever seen. Somehow even more than, like, Evil Dead 2. It's got Liam Neeson, who I've never seen him act like this before. He is going nuts in this movie. It reminds me of Dead Alive. Uh, just what he's doing and the camera angles and everything... Uh, it's it's just insane. the The special effects are pure Raimi. I I really did love this movie. It is so so good. Okay, so pencil that in for the very near future. Then this honestly, I just this assumed could... it was an episode. That's why I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I I don't know that there's a whole lot to make fun of for it. It's just it, it kind of feels like it's getting to the point where it's a little too good, but. It's so much fun. It really, but then again, then we said the same thing about Dead Alive. Dead Alive is just a good, fun movie. We're not really making fun of it. We're just saying I love it when they do this. You know, man, I'd really hate to watch a movie that I enjoyed. That would suck ass. <laughs> You're on the right podcast, buddy. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, a quick one here before I get to something that Parker's gonna be happy I talked about. Um, I watched be Best Worst Movie, which is a documentary about uh, Troll Two. Have you guys seen Troll Two? I've had both of those sitting next no. to each other on my hard drive oh, for like six oh, years now, weird. it feels like. Troll 2 is considered one of those worst movie ever sort of things, where it's clearly not one of the worst movies of all time. It's it's like The Room, that sort of thing, you know? 
And uh, I can understand why uh, people say that, because what they really mean is it's one of the most enjoyably bad movies, because it's just so bizarre, and there's a lot of reasons why it was so terrible. Uh, but Best Worst Movie is a lot of fun. It's very interesting. It tracks uh, one of the lead actors in it, who you know used to be in the thing, and uh, what his journey is like, and how he's dealing with uh, newfound fame or infamy. One of the things that this movie, this documentary, does so well that most other documentaries about cult phenomena don't do well is it talks about how unpopular Troll 2 is. Because most of the movies would be like, yeah, Troll 2, look at all these fans all over the place and they're wearing all the, all the you know, gear from it and they're quoting it with their friends and everyone buys it on DVD and it has all these midnight showings. And then he goes to a major convention and no one comes to his table. No one wants to talk about this. This is not on the same level of Star Wars. And he has to go from like cult hero to, oh cult hero and he's sort of navigating what that means and how he lives with that sort of thing it's interesting stuff uh, I think it really only works if you've seen Troll 2 so uh, that might be an assignment it's it's a bad movie but it's a very very enjoyable bad movie the next movie I watched was The Pyramid <laughs> man that movie fucking sucks. <laughs> now, if we're talking about found footage movies, Parker, you say you like found footage movies. <laughs> I say a lot of things that I take back <laughs> so, when pushed against immediately. Well, here's something you can push against. The Pyramid isn't really a found footage movie. <laughs> Correct. It's more of a thriller. <laughs> <laughs> like, half of it is a found footage movie. The other half is, let's just show the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> we have to document our trip into the pyramid. So let me tell you about the Anubis. Let me talk about the plot of the pyramid. So a bunch of white people discover a secret hidden pyramid in Egypt. Uh, why was it hidden? Well, because it's underneath all the sand. <laughs> so that's Damn, where it's... no one will ever think to look there. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they hid this pyramid. Also, what makes this pyramid special, besides the fact that it was hidden underneath the sand? Why, the fact that it only has three sides. So... <laughs> so there's just no bottom? I guess. Anyway, so they open up the, uh, the pyramid. Um, and it releases this deadly gas into the air. Um... And a bunch of people die, and the Egyptian government's like, guys, you, you, you have to fuck off. I'm sorry. You're not allowed to explore this deadly pyramid. And they're like, no, we're white enough to go in. So they send in a Mars rover to explore, and it gets attacked by, Parker, what are those things? Yo, your guess is as good as mine, buddy. <laughs> they, <laughs> they are like these... Fucking hideous. They're like these rat, cat, dog, skeleton things. <laughs> I, they, they make these awful little squeaks, and they run really fast. They're Langoliers. Anyway, the Langoliers get the uh, the Mars rover, and the guy's like, no, no, I, I have to retrieve the remnants of the, the Mars rover, otherwise NASA's going to kill me. NASA is very well known for killing people. I forgot about that. I was like, guys, I know we're in a deadly pyramid and there's monsters afoot. But my boss is going to wring my neck and get their <laughs> Mars rover back to them. What a cool movie. So anyway, they, they go into the Deadly Pyramid and everyone dies. So the end of the movie... <laughs> no. Uh, first of all, they do get lost in the pyramid because they don't have a Millennium Puzzle. 
Um, you, you know, you would think that would help you get out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, Sometimes you get just one step away and the pyramid gets you. I was, I was tracking their movements. They went left, then they went right, then they went left, then another left, and then they went right. Ooh. <laughs> so here's the thing. <laughs> You're going to be impaled on spikes. <laughs> anyway, there's oh, a... Oh, man, what Spike Lee movie do I have to watch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, there is a giant CGI Anubis who... Um, eats people sure is so Parker <laughs> yeah this movie's good that's hey Chris good. rank the movies you saw this week <laughs> <laughs> boy that's a tough one um I, actually I would put Jennifer's Body as the worst one I hate that one uh this I would Parker, rate as like sound footage cool yeah that's what people say about can't it. argue with the facts <laughs> fucking the pyramid the, the pyramid might actually work as a good bad movie most people are just like oh it's so bad honestly I mean, if you're watching this in the right state of mind you're just like this is so dumb and the credits roll at 82 minutes like i didn't really have that bad of a That's time part about found footage movies yeah pretty much they're stretching to hit 75 he'd love to see it okay so only two more here i rewatched ed wood with michelle because uh she had never Funny. seen it so, so did i yo you watch it with michelle anyway yeah uh, she says hi <laughs> cool so uh ed wood really holds up yeah we watched it last night that movie fucking rules top to bottom i, I think I, we we're talking I, about johnny Depp. But we we're going down the thing of like that dude hasn't done shit and i was like actually have you seen ed wood what a god i love that movie so much there's so much a movie it. now and his performance in it is so for as much as like people including sometimes us who can shit on johnny Depp for the that stupid jack sparrow thing which is just too recurring now uh, his performance in Ed Wood is one of the best performances I think I've ever seen in a movie. I, I love his voice, I love his facial expressions, I love everything that he does, and he worked really hard on it, and you can tell. Now, one of the things where I was going to show it to Michelle, I was like, okay, hold up, this is a black and white movie, and she immediately groaned and, like, slouched in her seat. It's like, no, 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 it came out in 94, please. And as you watch the movie, it looks gorgeous. This is one of the best-looking black and white movies I've ever seen. It's a fucking gorgeous movie. Every single performance is great in it. Just, like, I want to go make a shitty movie now, guys. Yeah, right? See, that's the thing. Is like I told Michelle, it's like, oh, Martin Landau's doing an impression of Bella Lugosi. She didn't know who Bella Lugosi is, and that's okay. He hasn't been uh, very well-known in a while. It's like... He was the original Dracula, and she said, wow, like, I haven't even seen the original Dracula, but that's a really good impression of what I think he sounds like, you know? <laughs> the way I'm Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> the way he delivers that fuck you when that guy compares him to Boris Karloff is like a top five film moment for me. There's so oh. much anger in this Also, I just want to say something that's really important here. He's totally right. He was absolutely not the sidekick in that movie. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Fuck that guy. That should have had his shit thrown on the ground. How dare there's, he? There's a million things about it. The only good ever performance from Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> also, I, <laughs> I loved her in War Horse. <laughs> Believe it or not, this is actually the movie that gave rise to all of the horse face jokes. It's one of the first things she says. is like, do I really have a face like a horse? Uh, who else is in it? Our good friend, Jeffrey Jones, who's fantastic. Of course uh, he is. That's the worst, because every time we show up, we're like, man, this guy's really good. Shame about <laughs> all of the child pornography. See, this is this is the problem, is that this might be Jeffrey Jones' best performance. 
He's better than Howard the Duck? Well, I hate that we mention that every week so much. (laughs) I've tried to move past it, but I can't. Uh, Bill Murray was Bill Murray does a great job in this but I want to mention something this was a really tough period for Bill Murray like it's years after he was in really good movies and years before he was uh, rediscovered by uh, Will Anderson or Wes Anderson so this was like he was starting what was he starting around this time Space Jam came out a year after this he was in The Man Who Knew Too Little the guy was having a rough go of it so you know Planet Transsexual in this movie he did a pretty good job uh who I, I just want to point out the Vincent D'Onofrio cameo as Orson Welles was good, but Parker, did you realize that they dubbed over him with Maurice LaMarche as the brain? He sounds exactly like brain. <laughs> she had no idea who Vincent D'Onofrio was or who he was even imitating. She's like, is, is that brain? <laughs> yes. I'm glad she picked up on that. That's a good thing. That's um, a good <laughs> they want me to st- was it they want me to cast Charlton Heston as a Mexican <laughs> that ended up being one of the greatest movies of all time <laughs> eh, well you know <laughs> hey come on oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's in your future now anyway uh, who else is gonna was that Patricia Arquette as was that his second wife or the brunette actress I don't remember if she was the wife for Elvira. I don't remember. Or not Elvira. She wasn't Vampire. She wasn't Vampira. Yeah. Oh, no, also, was Jamie I, Presley. That's right. Right, yeah. So one of the things I really liked was the end of it, where they talked about, it's like, oh, let's get married, and the rain will probably stop by the time we get around the corner. And he's so happy, he he finally made his movie. And then the end uh, thing says that he died of alcoholism. Uh, <laughs> As one does back then. Everyone else is... picture made. Everyone else is. This is what happened to them. Is like the saddest thing you've ever heard. It's like Vampire unsuccessfully uh, sued uh, Elvira for stealing her uh, copyright or something. The the two policemen from Plan Nine, the one of the ones who like scratches his temple with the barrel of his gun. <laughs> uh, his name is Paul Marco, uh, and he's credited in the Edgar's thing. It's like Paul Marco ended up becoming president of the Paul Marco fan club. <laughs> What a legend, dude. I love it. Sometimes, you know, you set up a fan club and you forget to switch to your gay black account when you set it up. All the mail goes to your own address. Oh, that's uh, weird. I'm going to have to clear this up with the the postal service. (laughs) An accident, Um, I'm sure, but I will take the mail. Thank you. Now, Michelle has a thing about scary movies. She, She gets scared very easily. She's like, this isn't a horror movie. I'm like, no, no, it's about a guy who directed... Boy, I don't know if I could call The Violent Years a horror movie. Uh, and she was like, okay, well, you know, Tim Burton. I don't know what I'm looking for. The only part that she had trouble with is when uh, Tor Johnson, played by George the Animal Steel, is getting a massage. She was like, I've never seen anyone that hairy before. I don't appreciate that scene in HD. It's very upsetting. Weird that you haven't watched any Squatch movies with her, dude. <laughs> you can't handle the raw intensity of the wild <laughs> when they're going crazy for Sasquatch. <laughs> Dude, you should teach her your Squatch call. <laughs> oh, I'll get into Squatch calls later. Uh, anyway, yeah, so we really liked Ed Wood, and I'm glad that she liked it too. Um, Alex, what are your thoughts on Ed Wood? It's been so long since I've seen it, but it is filed away in my brain as one of the three or four eminently watchable Tim Burton movies, you know, back when he used to be good, so. Right, yeah. 
that's I'd say it's worth a uh, worth a rewatch. Anyway, the last one I watched is something that uh, Michelle's been trying to get me to watch for months now. It's called A Silent Voice, and it's an anime movie. It's on Netflix. Um, oh, yep, and, I've seen this one. Yeah, uh, this is the one where uh, there's this little deaf girl in Japan, and she just wants to make new friends at school, but there's a bully, and he bullies her for being deaf. Um, anyway, he feels really bad about it because that's kind of a shitty thing to do, and uh, as he grows older, he tries to make amends for it. Now, the point of this movie is not to say that bullying is wrong, because that's... I mean, you could watch an episode of Muppet Babies and you can get that sort of message. What and also bullying rules. <laughs> yes. But uh, this movie is actually about guilt and how we deal with guilt and forgiveness. Not necessarily of other people, but forgiveness of yourself. And I think that's what makes the movie work so I don't feel so like well. thinking during my cartoons. You can keep it. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's better than anything I had. Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> Alex, uh, since you were talking about the good Tim Burton movies, you rewatched Mars Attacks recently, right? That was, that was like two years ago, but yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> did you like it? I can't remember if you liked it or not. Why don't you rewatch it and report back, buddy? Because that's the <laughs> that, reason every time I'm like, well. oh, you should watch Mars Attacks. It shows up on the recommended. And I'm like, wait, my good friend watched it. I can't remember if he hated it or not. Uh, it's. It fucking sucks, dude. Like it's oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you for saying Mars Attacks doesn't. Uh, which is so weird. You got fucking Jack Nicholson as the president of the United States, the role <laughs> he was born to play. And it's still my heart tells me like this should be good, right? But I feel like you you were foreboding. It's you like know, I'll take your word for it. You know, it it's work. really hard for me to say this, but by the fourth time we saw Pierce Brosnan's disembodied head in a jar, like just trying to make quips, I was just. You know what? I can turn this off. And that's like 40 minutes in. So. It's. It, it doesn't it is, work. It's dire. Chris, yeah. have you seen Mars Attacks? Yeah, I've seen Mars Attacks. It doesn't work. I. Okay. So here's the weird. Here's how I think of Mars Attacks. I had a friend growing up who's. He was a redneck and he was like pretty dumb, but like. He, he was my friend, you know, you got. You know, like <laughs> he. He had precisely one DVD, which was Mars Attacks. And his, I remember his parents, his redneck parents, got him that DVD of Mars Attacks business because, well, you know, it's that new technology. You know, every kid loves DVDs. And they just saw this one. And they saw that it was a DVD and got a Mars Attacks. That rules, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't I think on the was, side at first, but it really turned me around. Because, <laughs> like, the Xbox... Ah, all the cool kids have those digital video discs. Here's Mars Attacks, so they don't like, beat you up X and stuff <laughs> in the locker. Because, like, the <laughs> Xbox... The, the Xbox could play uh, DVDs, right? So I think they're just like, well, we got to justify that somehow. Got you uh, Project Gotham Racing and Mars Attacks. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> cool, he dude. He's thriving out there. He got married recently, so... Um, I bet he has some cool status updates in the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. He has a big old tattoo of the Confederate flag on his uh, left shoulder blade. So. Uh, yeah, that sounds like Poolsville. Yeah. Yeah. Coolsville, yeah. as I call it. Yeah. So, uh, let's... Now there's more than three or four good Tim Burton movies. Parker, you like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Stepped into a treacherous trap. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen it? Oh no! Uh, let the record show I did not answer the affirmative or negative. <laughs> Alex, forget. 
Um, all right, yeah, I've got a couple things I can talk about here. Um, so late to the party, but I finally watched The Mandalorian. It's fine. Yeah, that's that's a correct call. That's very enjoyable. I, it, it's one of those things where like I was. I saw that the runtimes for the episodes were, you know, like, 30 to 40 minutes. And I'm like, oh, cool. This movie's not going to beat me to death with lore. And then by the end of the first season, I was like, man, I really wish this show beat me to death with lore. Like, I could have used so much more. But also... Yeah. Just... The bar is so low now. It's just so nice <laughs> to not feel like... Oh, there's that thing I remember from 20 years ago. That's important now. There's that... Oh, there's that thing. It's just... No, it's this guy just go on an adventure with the cute little baby thing that's all i need i don't have to hear about a prophecy which is wonderful yeah you're not wrong but also you know how i feel about westerns i do and the show is very much a western yeah <laughs> and like it's fine like i'm gonna keep watching it i probably won't watch it weekly i'll just like wait to the end of the season and then watch all of it but uh that's the right call yeah yeah you know normies weren't totally wrong about this one it's all right so did you watch the first couple from season two or just all season I one? sure did. Oh, boy, yeah. Timothy Oliphant as a space <laughs> cowboy really speaks to me in a way I wasn't prepared for. Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, my goodness. It is. Give me that show, please. Yeah, yeah. More of that. Absolutely. Like, just... Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I felt kind of hollow after watching it. I was like, yeah, it was fine. But, like, I could have used a bit more. It doesn't have to be, like, more Star Wars bullshit. It could have just been, like more exposition per episode but it's like oh yeah here's this 40 minute episode where you meet this mercenary and you go to this village and you gotta save the villagers from the bad guys and the bad guys have an atst and da, 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 da. it's like this is just flying by like this is can we have like no a second <laughs> to think about what's going on please did you also forget that there's an episode with bill burr because i definitely did i only remembered that because right. of him getting canceled on twitter for dropping the puppet <laughs> what a king <laughs> like i'm hoping we'll get more exposition at some point but just knowing these were coming out when they did and going from that movie it's like you know what let's just go spend a week on a planet with some tuscan raiders that's fine yeah i don't need to hear anything about a dyad or the name palpatine it's fine <laughs> let's just go help out these villagers a plus fine by me yeah yeah you're not wrong and then somebody shows up, it's like, who's this guy? I don't know who it is. And in the back of my head, I'm like, thank fucking God I don't know who this is. <laughs> and it's not just like a force projection of somebody from the 70s. Like, It's nice because like, there's stuff back there if you know and care. But also, it doesn't matter. Yeah, also, I very much don't. So, the, I've had many opportunities to elbow her and go, now actually. But I don't have to because it doesn't matter. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, you know what? It feels nice to be like, it doesn't matter. If she asks, I'll tell her, but it doesn't matter. It's like, I could sit there and be like, why do they keep going back to the inhospitable desert planet over and over and over in every movie? You know, the place that can s support like 300 people, yet they're constantly there. But I don't need to because it's it, Star Wars. There's a sand dragon. You're like, oh yeah, that's why. Because it looks cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all yeah. that matters. All right, let's see what else I got here. Um, so I watched two Hulu movies, one good, one bad. I'll start with the bad one. So this movie is called Good Boy, and it is about this lady who's, like, pushing 40 and single and going on bad dates and is miserable, and her friend talks her into getting an emotional support dog. So she goes to the pound and adopts a dog, and at the pound they're just like, yeah, it's really weird, like, this dog's previous owner was arrested. And that's why we got him. And uh, so she takes the dog home, 
And then every time she gets anxious about somebody or something that they do, the dog kills them. Oh shit! I passed by that a couple times. And like Cujo too. It should be good. It's it should be so much better than it is. But they spend so much of the movie on the dog mom bullshit that it's just like when she doesn't die at the end, you're just like, fuck, man, this sucks. I hate this character so much. I had to spend this whole movie with this shitty fucking lady that I can't stand. And instead it's just all these dudes that keep getting murdered. Yeah, it's as part of that Blumhouse Hulu partnership thing, and I've watched Whoa. like I'd say four or five at this point. It has been diminishing returns. Every single time. I don't think I've brought up a single one except the very first one I watched on here. It is. Oh, yeah. I gave up on that shit, and I watched nothing but trash. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, your premise is so easy. Just, like, give me, like, five dog kills and, like, 20% less, you know, who saved who, hee hee hee, and, like, we're good, oh, but no. Nope. Like, literally, over and over, I'll look at it and be like, okay, the last one's kind of sucked, but, like, that's a cool premise, and it's only, like, 85 minutes, and then by minute 70, I'm like... You motherfuckers! Yeah, you did it again. yeah, you got you me. me. <laughs> now, uh, Parker, have you watched Bad Hair? No, but I've heard great things. It is. It is. It is the good movie that I watched this week. Okay, yeah, it looks very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for those that don't know, the premise is: it's 1989. It's set at what is basically just fake BET, like this, this, uh, you know, this predominantly black network that's trying to. You know, stay hip with the culture, but also has, like, these corporate overlords that are trying to make it more white all the time. And, uh, like, our main character, basically, uh, you know, they bring in new management. She, you know, she loves her job. She wants to move up. She wants to be, like, on-air talent. And her new boss is basically, like, go to this place and get a weave if you want to, if you want to, like, keep moving up. Like, you don't, like, you look, you look too black for what we're going for. And so she goes, and then she gets a weave. And the hair is possessed and starts killing people. <laughs> and, like, this movie's, like, genuinely funny and enjoyable and knows it and, like, leans into the fact that it's, like, set in the 80s with, like, some extremely 80s special effects with, like, the, the hair kills and stuff. It's just, it's a good fucking time. I had a blast with this movie. This movie is so much better than I expected it to be based on the premise alone. But uh, man, uh, it's it's a fun one. You guys should check it out. Like, this sounds like one of the segments from uh, Body Bags, doesn't it, Parker? It does actually. Okay, I'm moving that up the list now. It's because I've passed it a couple times. I'm like, man, I've been burned so many times on Hulu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's insane to me that this movie got greenlit. But I'm so happy that it did because like, it's a fucking weird movie, but in all the best ways. Like, it's just. I'm just happy this is out there and that people can watch it. Like, I'll probably check it out this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying drop everything and watch it. It's good. Like, but I just I'm happy that like somebody's still paying to get all this weird shit made. It's like Netflix. So I've got like another week to watch it for. It's just gone from the ether yeah. entirely until I find it five years from now. So I might as well do it this week. Man, speaking of Netflix, I have one more apology to make to the normies because uh. They were 100% right about how fucking catchy that song from The Witcher is. Holy shit, it's been in my head for a week and a half. I can't do this. <laughs> Normie corner return? Uh-oh. Let's not, let's not get carried away. Okay. Because th okay. then, I, then I have to reliably watch Normie content, and I don't... Uh, that's, that's a big ask. 
God, I started watching something else, and I can't remember what it was. Whatever, I'll figure it out later. Let's talk about it next week. Parker, you go ahead. Nice. Okay, so let's start with some house cleaning. Christopher, my good friend. That Star Trek show is pretty cool, huh? I guess that's the only people enjoy it. (laughs) I'm glad you enjoyed it, although I will say this is a little funny that you bring this up. Uh... We were getting ready to go to bed, and Michelle's like, "Oh, you want to put on like something to fall asleep to?" I was just like, "Well, let's let's see if you can get into the city on the edge of forever, one of my favorite episodes." And she fell asleep really quickly. <laughs> it does take a little bit to get going. I did not yeah. realize that all the episodes were gonna be an hour long, which is yeah concerning. But I get it because there it's all like beginning, middle, end. Each episode is a separate thing. Yeah. Like I, my experience with Star Trek is the three new ones. That's what I've seen in all of Below Star Trek. Below decks. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> It'd be It'd be a real shame that. if I were right to now. accrue a few more Dragon Balls. No. So, uh, yeah. you uh, you enjoyed it? Absolutely. All right. Not well, enough to go from the beginning because right, uh, yeah, well. they're an hour long. If they were 30 minutes, we'd, we'd be having a different conversation. But that is many seasons and many movies. Well, good and news I heard how long is, it took you to do it, and you can watch them at work all night. Not yeah, you would because that's you know it's your your work. You wouldn't do that. I can't do it now. I'm way too busy at this point. But uh, those two, I would say, are the only ones you need to get a sense of watching the movies. So if you want to watch Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan, now's the time. Also, you know, I've been putting those off because I wanted to watch Wrath of Khan right after it, and then just got to the point like we're like halfway through the season. I can't just keep this looming over my head. I'll get to it eventually. Right. Also, you can absolutely skip the first Star Trek movie. It's so boring. But you know, I won't. So I why, even <laughs> say it? why even bring it up? That's another problem. It's like, am I really going to watch these two episodes and then the first Star Trek and then Wrath of Khan while trying to watch Red Zone? The answer is no. <laughs> what I did watch instead was Woody Woodpecker. Now, Christopher. <laughs> this came out in 2017. What the fuck? No way. I have literally no memory of this existing in any way, shape, or form. How? And also why? Uh, how did I come across it? I think I saw it on So It Goes or something. It's just like, oh, Parker will like this. God. Hey, do you remember the annoying orange from like the mid 2000s? <laughs> hey, what if that was a bird for fucking seventy minutes? Do they do that with his mouth, or it's like a human mouth that's just sort of super? Oh boat? no, no! It's just if it's on screen, it's just yelling nonstop. You know what's weird is I never you know, watched like pop culture references. I, I like like Looney Tunes. Was was Woody Woodpecker a Looney Tune? I don't fucking no. know. Feels like there should glad be glad you like asked because the movie's so short. That there's 12 minutes of credits, and by 12 minutes, I mean there's 6 minutes of credits, and then they just play an entire 6-minute animated short from the 60s. (laughs) They could not even hit 70 minutes, so they just threw a cartoon at the end, which I respect. But, goddamn. Do you know how hard it is to find, like, a kid's movie that's, like, guaranteed, like, we'll put, like, a million into this and just rentals alone will make our money back? Without a single recognizable face. Like, not even, like, a fucking F-tier, like, TV star. I didn't know a soul in this movie. See, that's one of the weird things, is there's a whole lot of those, like, low-budget animated movies, and they'll just fill the budget with super high-name actors, you know? And Woody Woodpecker has no one. There is nary a Dan Aykroyd in this movie. 
they just build a house and he fucks up the house. He's like, oh, sorry, new friends, I ruined your house. And they're like, oh, that's okay, man. <laughs> and then there's hunters that go to try and kill him. That's the movie. <laughs> it's does, the whole fucking thing. Does he do the signature laugh? <clears throat> oh, does he? <laughs> he never fucking stops. Thanks for asking, man. And he moves so fast because the kids make a band and they need a drummer. And then he's so fast he can do all the drums. And it's like, oh, it's great. I love watching kids play music. It's I'll have to so download this. good. Thank you, dude. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love to be in my own house on a Sunday afternoon with headphones on, constantly peering over my shoulder, horrified that someone's going to walk in the room, even though the door's deadbolted. <laughs> Just a fear that, like, all of my crushes growing up are going to walk in at one time and be like, hey, man, what's up? Been a long time. They just see me watching Woody Woodpecker. Cool day. It was great. Almost as good as Rob Zombie's Hubie Halloween. <laughs> Wait, Rob Zombie CB Halloween? No. Oh. <sighs> I need just... an explanation on this one. Hey, here's the first note, which is something that will strike fear into your heart, Chris. Okay. It's a simple question. Is he going to talk like that the entire movie? Oh, no. <laughs> the answer <laughs> is yes. Oh, he sure is. he is. Look at him. Now, when this movie opens at an asylum, because, like, oh, it's a horror movie, and they cut to a room, and there's an orderly, and it's Ben Stiller doing his role from Happy Gilmore, I feel a wave of dread wash over me all at once. Like, oh my fucking god. Do we need an Adam Sandler Happy Madison cinematic universe? Well, you like horror movies. Multiple O'Doyle mentions in this movie, <laughs> which is also horrifying for me. The Sandlerverse. Uh, let's see. Kevin James does not play hockey, but he's a cop, and he's got a mullet, so that's technically hockey hair, so you know what, Alex? I'm going to count it. Good job, right, man. yeah. Up top. Uh, his character is, uh, he's fat, so he eats a lot of candy, because it's Halloween. That's fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, the movie opens with someone breaking out of the asylum. And we keep getting teases from behind of like, oh god, he's in town. And the whole movie, I'm just getting tenser and tenser. Like, who is this going to be? It's obviously not Adam Sandler. Unless he's you know, doing a Jack and Jill thing. And it's just, it keeps making me nervous. Like, what's it gonna be? And then an hour in, when it's fucking Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been so angry in my entire life. I was going to say, with knowing nothing about the movie, that would have been my guess. <laughs> I know. I tried to kept on myself. Oh, God, it's going to be like David Spade, isn't it? <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> There's, like, one actual joke that made me laugh. And it's, they've got their local, like, small town news station. And there's like three different female anchors and all three of them were dressed exactly like the same Harley Quinn outfit. And that really cracked me up. <laughs> and also like three other people in the town and they're all just dressed as Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad outfit only. Which, you know, I get it. I enjoyed that. The rest of the movie <laughs> is just fucking unbearable, man. I don't understand what anyone sees in these. Like... I can totally get some fucking 40-year-old normie watching this with their family and having a pretty decent time. And it's on Netflix, so, I mean, job well done. It's a perfectly tame, safe movie to watch with your family to shut them the fuck up for 90 minutes. But I was dying inside. Horribly. So thanks, man. 
No problem, buddy. Steve Buscemi looks 180 years old. He's doing great. Oh. Good movie. Let's see. So after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch something good on Netflix. So in two days, we just went all the way through Queen's Gambit. Nice. Hey. It is so good. <laughs> so fucking good. Yeah. I really need to get to it. I could watch any show about people just getting obsessed over complete minutia that like 100 people in the world care about. This really hit all those buttons for me. Like all the chess matches, those ticking clocks getting louder and louder stressed me out so badly in those early episodes. Ooh, big yeah. fan of all of the the chess dweebs, especially the guy with the cool coat. Yeah. He's super cool. Yeah. That guy's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> the way people just gather around this dude wearing a cowboy hat yeah. and a leather jacket. <laughs> just talking mad shit about old tw- chess masters is very good to me. Yeah. yeah, it's... If we hadn't have had work the next day, we would have burned through the whole thing at once. But it got to like 4 a.m. and it was like, we have to be up soon. Let's, yeah. We can cut it off for now. But yeah, like, everyone should watch it. Very good. So that led to the discussion of, like, what I mentioned about just loving things about, like, addiction and just being obsessed with something. Which led me to asking, hey, have you ever seen King of Kong? <laughs> <gasps> and they just tiptoeing on over to the old play now button. And, man. Hell, I could yes. watch that movie every fucking year. Because <laughs> I even told her, like, you're not going to give a shit at first, because who cares about an old Donkey Kong score? But in, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'm just, like, watching her. Like, she's on her phone. She's listening. I just see her keep looking up, being like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is wrong with these people? And then just the phone down, staring straight ahead at poor referee Walter. <laughs> just obsessed with these people who go, like, just in the back of a restaurant, kind of like, yeah, he's up to uh, 500000 on his personal man. Yeah, you should probably get down here, Billy. <laughs> he has so many cretins just, like, tiptoeing around. He has familiars like a vampire. <laughs> he has so many Renfields watching this dude play Donkey Kong. I'm pretty sure I compare that one guy to LeFou from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> it's perfect. Just these absolute ghouls like, oh, man, ah, you're pretty good at this, and then sneaking off. Get down here, you ha- Billy. You have to come down here for this, <laughs> Billy. We I haven't for- planned for this. <laughs> I'd forgotten the scene where they all go to meet up at that restaurant, and Billy Mitchell's on his way, and then he calls him like, "Ah, uh, yeah, Steve Weeby just walked in," and then Billy just refuses to come inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm obsessed with everyone in that movie. Now, Parker, so- what was the name of Mister Awesome's car? Oh fuck, wasn't it like the Awesome Mobile or something? Yes. <laughs> I'd forgotten the role Mr. Awesome played in getting his illegal quotation marks bored. <laughs> She's just watching like, wait, so that guy's on the rule committee protecting his high score? I'm just nodding like, yes, that's right. Billy always has a plan. <laughs> I like, she wasn't paying attention. I paused and was like, look, look, and then unpaused it for the scene where he's just at the supermarket pulling all of his hot sauce forward. <laughs> Which is a visual that has stuck with me for like 15 years now. <laughs> it's the most baller shit I've ever seen in my life. I, God, him describing why he wears the American flag tie. Because he's got to enter his coat, his initials as USA to keep America on top. Watching that like two days after the election made it a hundred times funnier. <laughs> God, Billy Mitchell, See you know, it. I really have come around on him. I, I used to just hate him, but now it's like a love hate. He's the ultimate uh, movie villain. Like, Darth Vader has to get shit on him. So, 
he sends an old lady onto a plane with a secret tape of a high score he recorded like two decades earlier because someone had the nerve to beat his Donkey Kong record. He's been holding on to a secret VHS. He's got the fucking briefcase from Pulp Fiction. He's just been waiting to unleash it on Twin Galaxies. I love him. I love how, like, immediately before that movie even began, your girlfriend didn't care... And then, like, halfway into the movie, wait, he can't just do that. Like, no one watched him. You can't just set in a VHS tape. That's wrong. Parker! Guess what, babe? (laughs) Billy always has a plan. (laughs) He will let you know about it. So that movie ends, and we're looking around like, it's still pretty early. Oh, Man vs. Snake is on Prime? Cool, let's just keep this train rolling. Fuck, Let me show you the bad boy of gaming himself. (laughs) (laughs) It's Finn. An incredibly powerful week in this house. One of my favorite things is five minutes into that movie, you get the immortal line, no, no, the other Timothy McVeigh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I definitely forgot the story of going to the arcade, playing for like 40 straight hours, (laughs) sauntering on home, sitting on his bed and going, hey, uh, can I get some mac and cheese? And then just falling asleep sitting there for two straight days, waking up. Heating up his mac and cheese and then going back to the arcade. <laughs> it's the most baller shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I would do anything to prevent to protect that Timothy McVeigh, <laughs> not the other one. And then the bad boy of gaming comes in there. I like I was getting so into it, I totally forgotten about him. Like forty five minutes, you just get this dude wearing these fucking bad religion T shirts, posing with jean jackets on. <laughs> Like, I could not have been more hyped for something I just willfully forgotten about. The wild thing is that young, I don't even remember his name, young bad boy gaming kind of looks like Johnny Depp did when he was younger, but with, like, heavy metal hair. And you said at one point he watches a a video of himself getting the shit kicked out of him by the cops. His introduction is just them watching the old police footage of the cops just beating the shit out of him when he gets arrested. (laughs) That's his introduction to this movie about a video game I've already forgotten the name of. I've never heard of that game before, and I've already forgotten it. But there's so much going on. (laughs) Much like the Queen's Gambit, you just gotta crush some Adderall and just imagine yourself playing Donkey Kong. (laughs) That was a powerful double feature. And then you get fucking Walter just dressing like Obi-Wan playing his acoustic guitar. It's a great movie, man. I love both of those so much. Oh, shit, speaking of uh, garbage on Netflix, oh, you guys. Alex, I'm sure at one point you've passed by that Blood of Zeus show and been like, well, that looks stupid. Yep. Let, let me assure you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Alex, what if God of War, like, the old ones, not the new one that tries to be serious, what if the dumb, old, stupid, serious, violent God of War games were an anime? <laughs> and you can knock it out in, like, two and a half hours. Well, that's well, good. it is incredibly dumb but also it's so stupid i loved it so. did not realize it was that short i uh, will be moving oh, that oh up yeah it's list. like six seven i don't remember exactly it's no more than like 10 episodes at absolute most and they're all half hour long all like, right it is you can burn through that easy it is unnecessarily violent at many points it's goddamn ridiculous sometimes it is that's a pro watch right there it is absolute trash but you know Sometimes it's 4 a.m. and you just want to watch anime people rip each other. Oh, I've been there. Godlike heads off. You know what rules 
girls rule. <laughs> American Pie girls rules. <laughs> I forgot about this. So, uh, man. Do you know how bad it is when you can't get Eugene Levy to show up for like an afternoon? <laughs> so you have to call Danny Trejo instead? Oh. Here's, like, the weird thing about this is, like, you just want, like, a raunchy sex comedy, but for girls. But also, do raunchy sex comedies even exist anymore? Like, American Pie feels like it was a hundred years ago. I don't see the world in which this movie needs to exist at all. Like, who... All both of our lady listeners, let us know what it's like when you're home and you're like, yes, finally, a female Stifler. I finally <laughs> feel represented in film. Like, does this do anything for you? Because I don't fucking get it. There was a couple things I laughed at. Like, uh, one of them, the girl's boyfriend goes off to college and they keep having like these Skype calls and all that. And every single time we come back to the dorm room, his roommate's just a fat dude sitting at the computer with his headphones on and he never turns his head once. She walks in on her boyfriend getting blown by some other girl. Guy's just staring dead at the computer with his headphones on. And I really respect that <laughs> attention to detail. It's pretty good. It is, uh... It has the problem that every single fucking modern comedy has. Where it's like, alright, we're at like the hour mark. Time for our serious emotional closure. We'll just forget about the jokes for a while. And Ugh, then cram them all into God the last two minutes. damn it. It's the worst. It is, uh... Not good, as it turns out. I do enjoy... There's, like, an entire subplot. Like, there's... Oh God, it's so fucking convoluted. So one of them has his dad who's dating the principal, who's someone else's mom. It's whatever. But the whole thing is, like, the principal and stepdad have their whole entire movie going on in the background of this movie. And every time it just kind of blends in, it cracks me up. Because it doesn't fit at all whatsoever. It's an entirely separate thing. I thought it was a fun little escape. But, uh... Yeah, pretty bad, as it turns out. You don't say. But also better than Woody Woodpecker. You're welcome. Well, Thanks, man. you know. Kind of close. Two more things right quick here. Ooh, I watched a movie I recommended to our good friend Repick called Possessor, which is incredibly good. Now, when you have a premise that is, uh, it's the near future, and you can, uh, jack a cable into someone's head and then take over their body, and then you do that to be an assassin and murder people... You could take it a couple ways. You could be, like, super over-the-top action, like, hey, I just watched John Wick, here's some gunfights that are supposed to be cool. Or you could have it be directed by David Cronenberg's son. <laughs> and man, so, it is... He had the same experience I did. It was like, this is a pretty cool premise, it's pretty cool so far. And then you hit a point in the movie, you're like, oh, shit! <laughs> and then the movie just picks up from there. I'm into it. And I just like, I was like, what does that mean? Like, because we don't talk about movies that much. I don't know his taste super well. I was like, okay, I'll keep my eye out. And then it happened. It was just me like, oh, fuck, yeah, that has to be it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is quite powerful. <laughs> like, I don't want to give anything away because there's a lot going on there. But scenes that should just be like, okay, and then he kills her. It's like, oh, my God, why are we stabbing that man so many times? Why are we getting so many close-ups? It's almost unnecessarily violent which is weird to say in a movie directed by a Cronenberg but man what a powerful film that I can't wait for people to see soon wish I could have seen it at Alamo like a little tree boy but also well, not willing know. to die yet like my good friend Chris was you know it was worth it they sang songs I do like songs you know that about me <laughs> That's where, oh I'll write that down for the next episode alright to keep this last one brief 
We watched a film last week from a friend of the show, Jeff Wadlow, who has made several important pictures. But I'm just creeping on the old IMDb and looking like, you know, I should watch this high school movie about MMA that came out in the mid-2000s. So, of course, I watched Never Back Down. Yes. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> this movie. You know what? We talk about these extremely powerful soundtracks. So take all those discussions, but move it up to, like, 2007, 2008, and think of what was popular at the time. <laughs> like, I wrote down plot beats, and I could go through them, but let me just... Let me give you two things here. The first, like, big fight in the movie, where, like, you see what's really going on, happens, and it's set to My Chemical Romance's Teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the movie, at the big MMA tournament, known only as Beatdown, the big bad... <laughs> The high school jock, the real shitster of the movie, comes out to the Travis Barker remix of Crank That Soldier. <laughs> I wrote so much about this movie, but I feel like that sentence alone really says everything. <laughs> What's the name of this movie again? Never Back Down. And I saw there was a sequel. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. And then I saw... Uh, Marks the directorial debut of Michael Jai White, and I almost punched a hole in my wall because now I have to fucking watch <laughs> Never Back Down 2. <laughs> I hate my life. Never no, back, it, never backing. Like, like <laughs> a good 60% of this movie is MMA training montages with Jaimon Hounsou, his teacher, for some reason, and it's all set to like new metal. It is <laughs> so powerful. We're talking Rise Against, Chameleonaire, and Little Wayne. Trapped, red jumpsuit apparatus, Kanye West, <laughs> Soldier Boy, and of course Breaking Benjamin. Of course. <laughs> it is it is something else, man. It sucks in a way that only movies from 2007, 2008 can suck. I had a terrible and also good time with it. <laughs> One of those movies that I would recommend to like four people on the planet and they already know who they are after listening to it. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, like, the big villain of the movie is just one of the bad guys from the first Twilight movie, who was cast <laughs> solely because he was shredded. That's, like, oh, you look like a teenager, you've got a six-pack, alright, I'm gonna teach you how to pretend fight. Well, you said teenager? Oh, buddy. <laughs> I, of all the songs that I would have played during a schoolyard brawl, that would not have been one. <laughs> But what do I know? Also, his high school crush is Amber Heard, so... Ugh. Oh, boy. Now that I know this movie's canceled. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to see it. Like I wrote down, there's like two black guys in the entire movie, because of course, it's a movie like in America made for teenagers, so only white kids exist. There's his trainer, Jaimon Hounsou, and then the DJ at the Beatdown Tournament, whose biggest credit is being in 86 episodes of Wild and Out. So Alex, <laughs> good luck with your watch this week, my dude. Fuck. I didn't know Wild and Out had that many episodes. If you want to see someone do jujitsu rolls while Chameleon is playing, do I have the film for you? God knows I do. <laughs> Fuck me. Movies are a mistake. God dude. fucking damn it. I don't have time for this. Me, yeah, that's what I said. And then I went to the Wikipedia, scrolled down to that soundtrack, and went, Fuck, fine. Whatever. <laughs> Guess I'll just skip working out today. It's just, uh, it's rough to find out that a sequel exists, so I know that he doesn't back down. <laughs> How are there three never-back-down movies? He's like Tom Petty. 
Anyway. Shut up. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm done. That's all I have now. Okay. Uh, day is ruined. In that case, let's talk about Congo. <laughs> so, Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, the first thing that we see here is Bruce Campbell's in this movie. And you know what? He deserves so much better. Eh. Hey. So, like, I got a question. Like, hopefully right. you guys can answer. Because, mm-hmm. Parker, you love trash, and Chris, you love old things. Like, <laughs> was Bruce Campbell ever more than, like, a meme actor? Well, I'd say yeah, okay. I mean, like, potential-wise, or, like, his career-wise? Like, career-wise. Like, oh. is he, like, oh, no. in things? Like, is, is like, stunt-casting Bruce Campbell in the middle of this fucking shitty-ass Michael Creighton Spielberg knockoff? Like, is that a thing where people are gonna go, Ah, yeah, it's that guy. Well, sort of. 95 would have been the year for it, uh, because Bruce Campbell's really, his only real claims to fame would have been, uh, at this point, uh, the Evil Dead series. So after Evil Dead, he really did have star power. He really did have potential. People were looking for him, so he decided, okay, I'll, I'll take my chances, I'll do what I want to do. What he wanted to do was The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., and unfortunately, the network kept changing what day and what time Briscoe County Jr. was on. Everyone who saw it loved it. and It's a really good Western TV series, but it didn't go anywhere, and so he was left to do stuff like Congo. In fact, I believe he was at a convention one time and someone asked him, so uh, how come you're just a B-movie actor? Or as Alex says, how come you're just a meme-movie guy? He says, okay, how about this? Paramount Pictures comes to you. It's like, how would you like to star in a movie with Laura Linney, Ernie Hudson, Tim Curry, Stan Winston's doing special effects, based on a book by Michael Crichton. We've got all this budget uh, dumped into it, and you get to uh, vacation in a foreign land for it. The guy's like, yeah, I'd absolutely say yes. He's like, congratulations, you just start in Congo. So that's what happened to him. He, he really thought that he was going to be in a great movie. He gets killed three minutes into the movie. Hey, that's a rough beat. Hey, man. Yeah. That's good work if you can get it. Well, you if know, I can that's get paid true. to get murdered by a gorilla on screen, uh, please reach out to the show. The other thing about it is, you know, at least he has his integrity. All right? You know, at least he has... Uh, uh, doesn't he? Doesn't... Roll down that IMDb. I can assign you some things. Uh, <laughs> we'll make your skin crawl, buddy. I have a feeling I've seen most of Bruce Campbell's. I don't think you can do anything that'll hurt me. Don't... Hey, you know what's uh, worse than every horror movie you've ever seen? Every self-aware horror comedy you've never seen. I have a feeling I've seen some of those. Anyway. Uh, buddy. <laughs> Old buddy. My my basic thing here is I think this movie would have been a thousand times better if Bruce Campbell had played the lead role in this. Anyway, uh, he goes to Mount Mukenko. Uh, Are you saying that Bruce Campbell might be better than one of the guys from Nip Tuck? <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right. Anyway, this ends with uh, Bruce Campbell... Uh, looking at a plucked out eyeball and then screaming at the camera and then uh, you know they play the Ghostbusters song or or something anyway Joe Don Baker is in charge of something can you imagine putting Joe Don Baker in charge of anything in a room with that much security clearance immediately I'm skeptical of what the fuck is going on do you think uh, do you think Mo Diamonds works for this guy <laughs> now, Parker, you say all that security clearance, but the control room that they work in, that control station, as it were, it looks like it has about as low of a budget as the boarding zone in Money Plane. Look, monkey suits aren't cheap. Okay, <laughs> you got a lot of gorillas at the end of this movie. That's it. All right, you got a bunch of name actors 
quotation marks. <laughs> they Sometimes have going to make a cardboard set with sliding electronic doors. That's fine. And Jodan Baker screaming the entire time. <laughs> at one point... Hey, you want Jodan Baker, you get fucking Jodan Baker for an afternoon. Let's go, boys. At one point, he's arguing with Laura Linney, who is an actress. And uh, she asks him, can't you just be human? And he says, I can be human later. <laughs> Fair to which point, I would have responded, I don't believe you. It's at this point that I was thinking, like, okay, so third act, he removes his human suit, and there's a gorilla inside. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, we weren't movie. so lucky. No, we don't get interesting things in this movie. We just get a whole bunch of stupid fucking exposition in here. I almost married him. Yeah, we could really see you on all these uh, scenes of the movie where you're holding up a picture of Bruce Campbell and kissing it like I do every night. Yeah, they're really trying to hammer it home, and I do not once give a shit about her finding his corpse. Yeah, right? Like, like, it's barely the in The movie there. tries to play with it. It's like, yeah, no shit, he's dead. <laughs> a giant gorilla just took him <laughs> in the woods. He's in 18 pieces somewhere. Like, he's fucking dead. Move on, lady. So, um, anyway, she decides, I will travel to the jungle to find Bruce Campbell's dead body. Which, I have to admit, you have my attention. And the movie maintains my attention by cutting to... Not Steve Gutenberg's uh, trailer, where I saw a computer that was running Doom on it, and I went, because huh! I, I really like Doom, right? But this made me think. This made me think, like, maybe they made the monkey Amy a genius because they went through the Lawnmower Man treatment on her. <laughs> she was dome shotting people in Doom, and they were just, just like, that's how she learned how to sign language. You know, you say that, and yet here in my notes, it just says, Monkey watched Rick and Morty. (laughs) (laughs) Monkey found BFG. Monkey need health pack. I'm obsessed with you watching this entire movie, and not once thinking, like, yeah, I mean, that... Who else would it be besides Steve Gutenberg? <laughs> Who else would they have cast in 1995? He invented the printing I'm press. You think he could just this. buy his way into a major motion picture? I thought you were joking, and like the second text came in, and I was like, oh, we're going to nip this in the bud right now. Oh, very funny. Oh, you could tuck it later. Anyway, not Steve oh, Gutenberg is a scientist, and uh, he teaches people to like... I think like he hooked up like um, a voice command thing to uh, a guy who was using sign language. So anyway, Amy the gorilla comes in and uh, she signs things. I gotta tell you this right now. Amy's one of the most annoying characters in this movie. I didn't like her very much. Pretty fucked up for you to talk to someone with disabilities like that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Me, Amy. Bachomp, bachooey. It's... <laughs> It's real cool how, you know, the gorilla in this movie is so annoying. But also, the real gorilla that knows sign language just asks all the female trailers to show her titties all the time. (laughs) We stand Coco. So, Parker, I guess I I, I gotta beat you to the joke now. Do you think think not Steve Gutenberg taught Amy that one day she'll die? (laughs) Remains my favorite onion headline. <laughs> I don't even remember if there's an article attached to it, but the image <laughs> teaching a gorilla sign language just so you can teach it about its own death is really fucking funny. <laughs> anyway, he's asking for money for grants. This is what scientists do most of the time so that he can uh, help teach animals how to talk, much like Dr. Doolittle, future episode. So, uh, <laughs> which one? Anyway, 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> no one feels like paying him a bunch of money to get a gorilla to say, tickle Amy, over and over again. Until a Romanian man enters the picture. Parker, what is the name of this character? Oh, I I could not. My name is Borat. All I could tell you is that when it, like, I saw him, like, oh shit, it's Tim Curry. And then he started talking, and I gasped. I could not believe the fucking accent coming out of this mouth. This fucking, it was the best of times. <laughs> I am Hulboka from Romania. You know the country. <laughs> Not even 24 hours prior, I'd watch Martin Landau's Bella Lugosi impression, <laughs> and then this dude just wanders on screen like fucking Nosferatu. <laughs> it's, oh my god. He's freed from the chains of Chao Chescu, traveling the world and doing good. <laughs> he talks like the Always Sunny episode where Charlie thinks he's a vampire traveling. <laughs> it's, it's real bad. <laughs> At no point in this massive production that Bruce Campbell likes to talk about, did anyone go, "Hey, uh, maybe take it down to like a six. <laughs> maybe just tone it down a little bit, dude." Oh, he geez. gave the performance this movie deserves. This movie Let's be real. That That's is also yeah. correct. Yeah, this movie needs. He read that script and went, it's "Talking gorilla." No, no, I'll be, I'll be giving this the Home Alone two. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, he's like, I will pay to have Amy return to the jungle. I just want to talk about something real quick here. So, Steve Gutenberg, I'm just going to keep calling him that, uh, has been taking care of Amy for, I guess, a number of years now, right? And uh, she's been living in the trailer, and she's been drawing a bunch of pictures of, like, the jungle. And he says, wait, look at all these pictures. What's she drawing? It's the jungle. It's... Dude, there's trees and grass and every... How did you just put this together, you fucking idiot? <laughs> Look, let's just ask the question now. You think you fucked that monkey? Oh, of course! <laughs> who saved two, Parker? Who first. saved two? <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> got eight-pilled. Like, he, he gets on the plane. To monkey. <laughs> he gets on the plane, right? With, uh, with the ape, not monkey. And uh, no enhanced abilities, no physical <laughs> mutations, no nothing. Oh my God, Tim Curry, Tim <laughs> Steve Goodberg, and the monkey get kidnapped by Rathor. That's a fucking movie, dude. And well, we call it by his name. Her brother gets on the plane, and also Laura Linney. Anyway, she the, is physically present in these scenes. Yeah, now that's very unfortunate news for both Amy, who calls her an ugly woman, and Steve Gutenberg, who is not attracted to her at all. <laughs> Fucking every time the robot keeps calling her ugly, I think about when we watched uh, Robocop and we just kept saying <laughs> dumbass in the robot voice. <laughs> what a good night that was. That was. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta tell you ass. something. I don't know. I don't know who despises Laura Liddy more, Steve Gutenberg or Amy. They both are sick and tired of her. Also, this has a really good quote here. Um, Humans are dangerous. Gorillas are very gentle. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I too know what foreshadowing is. <laughs> 
stupid fight. Why did I pay for a ticket? Gorillas are gentle. Come on. <laughs> the fucking tagline no, is where funny. you are the endangered species. Like a normal human. Don't make any loud noises! <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, it's fine. They're all like, see, look, we're all doing the seatbelt. Just do it. Just please. Please don't fucking <laughs> No, guys, it's cool. Horrified. The gorilla just wants to get sauced on this international flight. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're giving that gorilla a martini? She's a loud one. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it? It sounds like you can't keep drunk and fucking it. What are you doing? Yeah. What has happened? Uh. Yes. So, <laughs> so they meet up with uh, some guy wearing a Hawaiian shirt, played by Joe Pantoliano, and uh, <laughs> dude, the look on my face—the <laughs> nerve just to have him for this one scene. Yeah. Okay. This fucking guy. At one point, he says. Yo, I feel the money hands on the back of my neck going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why does he sound like John Lovitz? Just, just like, why Why is there this five-minute scene about the corrupt bureaucracy of some Central African country? Like, why does this fucking matter? Why is this in my ape movie? You said five minutes. It felt like five million minutes. <laughs> and yet, and there I was, watching them tick by. Just thinking about the sands in the hourglass of my life just draining away while they talk about these fake warlords while the monkeys it's like ah oh, do you want to play a game <laughs> love it love films no We're 45 minutes in guys you can't go into zaire because it's closed off because the local militia dude i want to see the killer monkeys where are they just get to where the monkeys are i was promised bitch this movie has a trailer let's go i bought a ticket to congo i would like to see the monkeys now so one of the things I actually genuinely love about this movie is Ernie Hudson. Ernie <laughs> Hudson is way too cool for this movie. I, Ernie Hudson also saw what movie he was making and went, yeah, okay, I can do that. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, I'll tell you what, Clark Gable, I'm doing it anyway. Let's just go for it. i tell you what, this performance has a lot more weight to it when you're less than a week removed from watching Dolomite is my name. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. I didn't even consider that. So they go to the, some African warlord's chateau, and uh, he he offers them a sesame cake. And uh, now this scene is filled with Laura Linney surreptitiously hand, handling uh, stacks of cash to Ernie Hudson to pay off this guy for an armed escort into the jungle, while humorously Tim Curry tries to eat his sesame cake. Did you guys Four like the scene? Hour. No. <laughs> Dude, I think I walked to the Where kitchen while this was happening. Monkey? Like, I think this is the part where I was like, nah, you know what, fuck it. I'm not even gonna pause, I'm just gonna go get something. Like, Yeah, yeah that's fair. No, I'm not hungry, I'm not thirsty, I, I just want to be in the other room right now. Yeah, you're not missing anything. <laughs> I vividly remember being in the fridge and hearing him yell at Tim Curry about eating all of his bread or cake or whatever it was. Stop eating my sesame cake. You keep As the I'm money. I'm my fist on the table, <laughs> yelling, "Where is monkey? Where is monkey?" <laughs> oh, anyway, um, so he, they're told, "Okay, you're going to take this other plane to the jungle," which uh, I can assume that there were lots of jungles. This is Africa, but uh, no, it is the one specific jungle for which there's a lot of apes or something. Dude, so, how the fuck do they even know which part of the jungle they stole this monkey from? Like, Amy from Jungle. And she's just pointing down at like trees the entire time. They're like, oh, it must be over there. She would know. <laughs> she's been here. Yes, let's follow the monkey's lead. 
Just look for Mighty Joe Young and be like, there's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the podcast is, uh, what, an hour and a half in? I called Mighty Joe Young Daddy. So, anyway, at one point, uh, fucking Tim Curry almost calls Ernie Hudson the gamer word. Dude. Dude would you guys In you the guys middle that? of an African war zone, what are you doing? Yeah, you guys heard that too, right? I wasn't just dreaming, and he's always like, you filthy n-. And uh, Ernie Hudson was like, you filthy what? He he's like, thought he was sorry. playing Call of Duty, man. It's fine. Yeah, he's like, I've been traveling the world as much as I have. I've let go of some of my manners. <laughs> was watching PewDiePie on YouTube. It, it was just... <laughs> the president just got car bombed. <laughs> what are you doing? He's, Keep it together. He's <laughs> Romanian. How does he even know what that word means? <laughs> That's one of the first five words you learn. <laughs> <laughs> like he said, he plays a lot of Xbox Live, you know. As a teacher, the, the kids world. were curious. So. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in a plane, right? And the plane is getting shot down by other African warlords, such as Idi Amin directed this movie. And uh, they're going down. And first of all, that plane got hit by like a bazooka or something. And Steve Gutenberg's like, no, no, I'm going to stay on the plane with Amy. And Ernie Hudson's like, do you know how to fly a plane? He's like, no. Well... The pilot and co-pilot just jumped out, so figure it out. <laughs> so they jump out, they land on the ground, they parachute out. This is a thrilling action scene where you guys throw Thank, thank throwing God things. we get a scene where a gorilla parachutes into the jungle. <laughs> really worried we weren't going to have that in this movie. Yeah, that, uh, that happens. Anyway, uh, as they land there, Steve Gutenberg goes up to Ernie Hudson and tells him, Look, I'm sorry, but we have to call this off. Bitch, call what off? You're already in the yeah, jungle. The, you don't even have... You don't have a way out. You're gonna live in the jungle from now on. The plane just exploded. What the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. Now you're right. This was a mistake. Let's go home. Sorry, talking gorilla. We can't take you to see your family. Exactly. You parachute in with a Rick and Morty gorilla, and you're in the middle of a war zone, and your plane exploded. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, oh shit, guys. You know what? That's on me. We're gonna We're gonna pack it in. We're going to study some tape. We're going to come back six months from now better than before. Exactly. This <laughs> this, this isn't the Blair Witch Project. He can't just say about how this is all fucked and just walk out of the jungle. No, no, no. This is closer to, like, the descent. And you're stuck in the middle of the cave. And once you get to your fourth, you know, bottomless pit, you're just like, you know what, guys? I've had enough. I'm leaving the cave. My God. we got to hurry up and get back. My boss at NASA is going to kill me. <laughs> we'll get this monkey back. Which I assume is how Laura Linney feels, because uh, Joe Don Baker has been missing for a while. I've been missing his screams like a monkey. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're just uh, going around and, uh, oh, there's a full, I want to talk about this scene. There's a full moon out, and they're trying to sleep, and they hear a bunch of monkeys squawking off in the distance. And they're like, hey, what's going on? And Ernie Hudson says, there's a full moon out. When he sees that moon, every monkey in the tri-state area feels like he's Elvis Presley. There's an awkward silence. And Steve Gutenberg looks at Laura Linney. There's a beat. And they just start squawking like a horny monkey. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. <laughs> Man, this movie fucking sucks. After repeatedly <laughs> calling her ugly in front of his monkey lover. I just, it, it fucking knows he's like, hey, sorry I had to call you ugly, you know, the, the monkey's feelings. No, no, it's cool, I understand, the monkey thinks I'm ugly. 
You know what girls no, love? If I don't call you, I'll get the monkey. We'll rip my dick off and throw out the emergency exit. <laughs> you have to understand. It's like nothing, too. Monkeys. It's a quick thwack and it's gone. Monkeys are the pit bulls of the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was my other jerk of the week. That one state repealed their pit bull band. <laughs> Fucking cowards. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> no, 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 no hold on, hold on. We brave talk to about me. this. Did you see the other thing that that was uh was on the ballot in Colorado about relocating the wolves? It? I did not. <laughs> yeah, so apparently they're trying to reintroduce some wolf population in Colorado, but they're only doing it in the western half of the state, and it was on the ballot statewide. And if you look at the map, everyone in the eastern half of the state voted to move the wolves, and everyone in the western half <laughs> voted against it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the Confederacy started. I love democracy, you guys. <laughs> I think they should have. The <laughs> well, fuck that. Well, you know, it's, it says here that we get more votes than you, so uh, enjoy the company of these fucking wolves. Uh, now, Parker, speaking about animals attacking dicks. What would this movie be without the pivotal scene of Steve Gutenberg waking up in his tent to find out he has a leech on his dick? <laughs> Everyone just laughs at him. Everyone yells at him like he fucking spilled big beans on himself. It's, just, it's so humiliating. It's, like, it's the most PG-13 Steven Spielberg gag I've ever seen in my fucking life. Like... Yes. As I was, like, written in big letters here in my notes, it says, Did every director in the 90s think they were Steven Spielberg? Because that's what it feels like every time we watch one of these movies. It's just all of the same fucking bullshit Spielberg beats. I hate it. I hate it so much. That's honestly, that's a, that's a good point. That's exactly what they do. I will say Ernie Hudson does have a pretty funny reaction when Steve Gutenberg asked him to remove it. He's like, I'm not removing it. It's your leech. You remove it. <laughs> Here, burn it off with a cigarette. comes in like, oh, do you want some help with that? It's like, I would be in tears. There's a leech on my shaft. Ernie. You can all poke him. Hey, look at this guy. This fucking idiot with the monkey. He's got a leech on his Ernie. Dick. Oh, you want some help? Ernie, you have to help me get the leech off. If the monkey sees it, she's going to get jealous. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Gone into the horizon like Team Rocket, never to be seen again, dude. <laughs> fucking whipped out. <laughs> cool movie. Ugly leech. Amy kill. <laughs> <laughs> she has a lot of squatch energy in this movie. She, she does. does. There's a lot of blurry footage of a large hairy thing murdering people. Not as much as you'd want. Well, you really feel the PG thirteen. If this was a like not even a hard R, just an R with like one or two more violent scenes, we're we're having a much better time. Here. So they come across the ancient ruins where Bruce Campbell got yeeted, and uh, we forgot to mention, or really didn't care to mention, uh, one of the reasons that Joe Don Baker sent Laura Linney there is to retrieve some diamonds, which will help him. Which will help him. I believe he says the words are take over and completely dominate the communications industry. Um. I work in this industry, and I don't really have a use for diamonds. So. Just the whole time, it's like, is he going to get so many diamonds that he's going to buy out all the telecom companies? Like, what is his plan? Well, apparently the plan is to use the diamonds to help power his satellite, which, uh, look, Michael Crichton's written a lot of science fiction stuff. I don't think he wrote this part. 
It just like it, it's the most <laughs> it's, Sorry, it's the most tomorrow never dies ass plot I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> it's like I'm going to take over the news. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> Go right ahead. If I have to parachute into the middle of a battlefield with a gorilla and find out that I'm there so I can find diamonds, I'm killing everyone in that group and then going back home and killing everyone in that base. Sorry. Well, uh... Do you, like, put them in the satellite? I don't I don't understand. So, on their way to this uh, ancient ruins, they get attacked by a hippo. <laughs> I forgot about the hippo. Everyone forgets about this. <laughs> Everyone forgets about the hippo attack. Why is this movie so long? <laughs> it's, it's unconscionable. This movie about killer apes for like an hour, ten minutes. It's like, ah, yes, and here we are now visiting with the native tribe, and now there is a hippo. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but I will say, like, there was definitely a lull in the movie, and then in the middle of the night, someone gets yeeted off a boat by a hippo. I'm, I'm raising up a little bit. I'm shifting up in my seat like, okay. No, we're talking. Haven't seen that uh, before, there's, uh, to be honest There's with one you. fatal flaw of this scene. It's the lack of Owen Wilson. <laughs> That's a good point. Okay. Dude, are they on the hunt for the blood orchids? <laughs> Is that what they're doing? <laughs> okay, so they finally come across... What's the name of the ruins? Was it called, like, Vinge or something? Sure. It was real dumb. Yeah, something stupid. Anyway... And not memorable. As it turns out, uh, this Romanian fellow is not actually there for altruistic reasons. He's actually there to get diamonds. So, Yeah, weird. We didn't spend $60 million for you to confirm that your dead husband is dead. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yes, he got attacked by monkeys because they caught him cheating on the monkeys. So <laughs> <laughs> He was unfaithful <laughs> to McGill Gorilla. Got fucking bisected. <laughs> So, why would you send her like, oh, I thought I was just to go recover his body? Like, first of all, what body do you think is left over? <laughs> it is half a skeleton. <laughs> anyway, uh, they're like, I don't know if there's really any diamonds here. And Tim Curry says, no, no, the diamonds are here. <laughs> I just I keep forgetting he's tagging along. Fucking yeah. genius plan is that he has a necklace that has the same symbol on it. That the fucking gorilla painted in her artwork. So clearly the gorilla knows where the diamonds are hidden. Alright, Parker. He has a sinister amulet with him <laughs> Okay, I guess, Parker, next week's episode, The Phantom. Oh, yeah, fuck it, why yeah. not? It can't be worse than this. <laughs> oh, you say that. Anyway, uh, I want to talk about the blurry scene of them shooting those arctic monkeys inside the temple. What the fuck was that? Why? Like, I was. What was with the Zack Snyder slow mo? <laughs> it wasn't even Zack Snyder slow mo. It was like they reduced, like, you know, like frames per second. You know, it'd be like thirty frames per second, sixty frames. Per second. This is like one frame per second. Really hate that I'm thinking about Leonard Cohen's Halloween <laughs> <laughs> monkey throwing a head at them. <laughs> Better movie. I mean. Yes. It probably so would have been longer. I just want to talk about, they <laughs> walk into this fucking temple. Arctic monkeys are coming like, hey, what the hell? This is our home. At least knock. And they go, ah, they're coming right for us. And light them the fuck up. I I love that during this whole scene, 
the fucking talking monkey is shouting about how the monkeys are evil <laughs> for defending their home from the invaders. Is this a colonizer monkey? Yes, it is. It goes back into their homeland and leads them right to it. It's like, ah, oh, evil monkeys, quick, pull out your Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> I hate how this is about to come out of my mouth. <laughs> Monkle Tom. <laughs> I want to get, I want to like retrace our steps to a line that was said earlier in the movie that we didn't pick up on, but like came back to me. It's going to take me a minute. Because <laughs> you put into words for the last 20 minutes, I've just imagined that monkey, but by Samuel L. Jackson and Django. And he put it into words in a way that I couldn't. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to stay in, but that really made my night. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway, uh, there's there's a line early in the movie. Uh, fucking Steve Gutenberg is in his little science hut. He's talking about, I no wonder Amy's depressed. She's in captivity. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> Damn, and you figured it out, man. You really cracked the fucking at one, at one point, he, he follows it up by saying, there are studies that show that, as if you need studies for this, that monkeys, when they're in captivity, uh, they get very depressed and sometimes very aggressive because they want to go back and live in the jungle. And there are stories about monkeys getting out of control, and they have to be, the word he used here is, they have to be destroyed. I wrote that down. I was like, that's quite the verb to use. I mean, do you mean like euthanized or just killed? You don't have to say that they got destroyed. What did they get all exploded with a rocket launcher? Did they all get, you know, stuttered? <laughs> you know? Was it a flying elbow drop from the macho man on? So it's the only way we can get rid of Steve, the Steve, it's me. We have to frag the monkey. <laughs> anyway. We have to dome shot the ape. The, the movie makes clear how they destroy the monkeys with automatic <laughs> rifles. <laughs> The nerf to be like, wow, uh, I've been giving this monkey homework for like a decade and keeps drawing pictures of grass. I wonder why it's so upset all the time. <laughs> Weird. I keep I keep this monkey in a cage and fuck it occasionally and make it learn how to read books and shit instead of just letting it go throw poo at things. I wonder why it's so upset. Now lead us there. Take us to your people so we can gun them down. And, and take their diamonds. The Arctic monkeys come in to defend their diamonds. It's <laughs> this is just <laughs> hey, hey, you mess with one diamond, you mess with all of us. <laughs> I just I cannot get over this fucking scene where the ostensibly good monkey convinces the evil monkeys not to kill Steve Gutenberg by saying in American Sign Language <laughs> that it is her child's. <laughs> Ah, yes, of course. We've seen this language many a time here in the ape community, and uh, <laughs> we know what she means. Yes, yes, we will not attack your child. We are so terribly sorry. We are only here for the diamond thieves, not your baby. Uh, why does why do, why do the monkeys sound like the shopkeeper from that, uh, that secondhand shop we entered? The Don't worry about it. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, at one point Amy says that Africa is her mother. I bless the rain down in Africa. <laughs> so we, fucking can we spend some time talking about the monkey suicide scene? <laughs> Please tell me about the monkey suicide scene. <laughs> Look, 
while all this is happening, there's also a volcano erupting. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. So all of the evil monkeys are, like, running around and hooting and hollering and making monkey noise. And then the lava starts flowing. So they just start throwing themselves into it. For reasons. (laughs) It goes on for, like, a minute and a half of just monkeys flinging themselves into the lava. I don't understand it. They've been protecting that land for, like, centuries, and the, the volcano erupts, right? Oh, fuck yeah, finally! And they just dive it's in. It's like, you know, you know when you uh, watch, like, a really shitty action movie, and, like, they have one, like, you know, really cool stunt that they show, like, five times in a row from five different camera angles because they want you to know how cool it looks? It was like that, except different monkeys throwing themselves headfirst into lava. <laughs> Do you think this is like the grandmother in Volcano? <laughs> Man, speaking of the Mandalorian, you know that's all I could think about in that scene. Oh, absolutely. A bunch of monkeys just pushing a boat. <laughs> We gotta get the diamonds out of here. They need them for their satellites. <laughs> They're just melting. Magma, what's that? <laughs> Keep pushing. We're almost there. Thank you for your sacrifice. Give Amy banana. Also, I want to tell you, Amy keeps asking you to be tickled throughout the entire movie. That's and I think unsettling. that's a euphemism for something. <laughs> It's very sus and I don't like it. If you just gave me one shot in this movie of Steve Gutenberg's degree in monkeyology from Penn State, I would have understood. <laughs> Bob Cox is interviewing him. <laughs> so, anyway. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Just asking him her flat out, hey, do you like little boys? And just like a fucking. One Mississippi. Two. Um, say something. hits it to deep left. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever put on this defensive coordinator advisor again. I'd like to thank everyone here at the Penn State organization. <laughs> I'd like to thank everyone here at NASA. So back and at the to Congo. <laughs> uh, they are able to defeat the Arctic monkeys with the diamonds. And Joe Don Baker screams at Laura Liddy. <laughs> They accomplish the mission, he just fucking berates her for wanting to have closure with her dead boyfriend. So she uses the the diamonds to steer the laser to blow up his satellite. Anyway, Where did she, this laser even come from? Why is there a laser? It's attached to their Mars rover that will later go into a pyramid. So, anyway, they, uh, I guess they just walk off into the distance. And Steve Gutenberg, I think he's like holding her hand or something like that, so I guess, oh, I found a new husband. And uh, he found a replacement for Amy. And she's like, oh, don't you like Amy? He's like, you thought that was my girlfriend, Gorilla? Foe. <laughs> <laughs> like how the movie ends with Amy going back to the wilderness and there's a point in the volcano like, hey, man, you sure about that? And she's just like, yeah. <laughs> and then just leaves. <laughs> Apes together, strong. Apes defeat volcano. All right, good luck with that. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Amy is home. <laughs> Whatever. Enjoy Melton, bitch. No one cares. <laughs> Enjoy Melton. What a stupid. Just the nerve to, like, Michael Crichton's books aren't short. How do you get to, like, page 700 and go, 
Oh shit, how do we beat the bad guy? Oh, don't worry, they had a laser with them that they parachuted with them, I guess. It's fine, don't Man, worry about it. Speaking of lasers, I'm actually upset that we didn't find the version that has monkeys wielding lasers. I'm actually all in on the Mandela right now. <laughs> and I want to find this version of the film. I want to find the universe that has a monkey firing a laser. Yeah. Alright, shall we talk about the game and games? Three thirty in the fucking No thanks. <laughs> Alright, tune in next week. <laughs> For the Phantom. Oh, it's that easy. Thank you. You don't have to make a wish or anything. Why didn't we think of that in week one? Alright. Alright. So game of games. Before we do anything, let me roll the dice for Hunter Biden's laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, looks like I get to assign somebody a movie. I'm going to hold off on that, because we're going to do some other stuff first. Alright, so, uh, Dragon Ball check first. The three Dragon Balls this week were on the Colts, the Patriots, and the Chargers, which ended up with all of us getting one. Hey... Um, as for the records this week, uh, it appears that Parker is four and five, uh, Chris is five and four, and I got to three and zero oh when we stopped counting the votes. So it looks like I'm the winner. What, <laughs> dude? Congrats! I'm so I mean, that's not fair. That's I, I don't make the rules, Chris. <laughs> no, <laughs> he is but a vessel. For <laughs> no, but I was three and five, so Chris can assign me a movie. Oh boy, let's. <laughs> I'm going to decide the other version of the Jazz Singer. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> i got to watch both Jazz Singers <laughs> Tell me which one's better. <laughs> Tempting. But no, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you a good one. I'm going to give you Corpse Bride. Okay. Yeah, that, that works. That's something I can yeah. actually watch. <laughs> Just not put it off forever, like yeah. Alpha and Omega. <laughs> look, <laughs> look. I don't know when I'm supposed to watch that, like... Do I just put it on while I'm in class in the background? Like, I don't do this two-screen technology that the kids are all doing these days. Put it on with your girlfriend. She likes animated and talking animal movies. <sighs> okay. <laughs> but what if she actually likes it? Because there's like 12 of those. So that's, that's, oh, wow. That's, 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 not open. <laughs> I don't think I have oh, to. Oh, boy. I'll, that, I will. But, uh, yeah. I'll get, I'll get uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I am going to use my assignment now because... I would like Parker to watch a good movie. Parker, you're gonna watch The Edge. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Oh, yeah, dude. oh yeah, I just dude. like you Whacking need you need a palate cleanser after this lit down of a monkey movie. So you're gonna watch yeah, a bear yeah. movie instead. <laughs> <sighs> I can't wait to go into the grizzly maze. I just uh, I wanted to save that just in case Chris did something especially mean. You know, you never be too sure with these things. I, I was close. I, I was actually considering the 1927 version of the chess. <laughs> you said it's really good. So like, how's that bad? I don't know about really good, but it's it has historical relevancy. All right. Well, anyway, uh, community teams. <laughs> Looks like the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have managed to. Pull out another victory from the jaws of defeat. So, yes. uh, let's roll some good dice. Okay. Looks like... Okay, looks like we got the cauldron. Alright, now how the cauldron works is... 
you can pick any number of your teams to throw into the cauldron. For each team you throw into the cauldron, you get a dragon ball. But also you get a random number of teams back based on the amount you threw in. And and the community teams are also part of this. So Oh. So uh Jinkies. I will read your teams off in one second. Let me go ahead and figure I, out. I already know which one it can I'm gonna to toss to in I'm gonna toss in four teams. I'm gonna send in the Eagles, the football team, the uh the Bears <laughs> and the 49ers. Alright. Now Chris, I'll read you your teams. You decide who you want to toss in. You have okay. the Jets, the Dolphins, yes. Yes. the Bengals, the Colts, the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Giants, the Lions, the Vikings, and the Buccaneers. How many would you like to send in? Just just the two. Toss in the Dolphins and the Jets. Dolphins and Jets, okay. Okay. Now, Parker, you have... I will save you time. Dump every motherfucker in there. <laughs> I don't want to live forever, cowards. Let's All fucking right. go. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's a lot of typing. Hold on. <laughs> I'm ready to stir That might cauldron. be, like, one of the smartest tactical moves I've ever heard. <laughs> Just whatever fucking happens, happens. Let's do this. All right, so that's ten more Dragon Balls for Parker, who is now at 16. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. 16. <laughs> <laughs> Jinkies. <It's> two wishes. <laughs> No God wishing for more wishes. Damn, this is gonna fucking take a minute. God damn it. <laughs> you know you can't leave these loopholes. Oh, shit. Okay, hold on. I gotta fix this formatting. Oh, yikers. One second. That's two whole dragons. That's <laughs> a lot of dragons. That means they have to battle Jeez. each other, actually. And then at the end, you get one big wish. Oh, buddy. You don't even know. So the super dragon. <laughs> Alright. Okay, so my four new teams are the Falcons, the Bills, the Seahawks, and the football team. Chris's two what? new teams are the Panthers and the Titans. Ooh. Parker's new teams. Oh, buddy. Let's fucking go, baby. <laughs> Jets, Broncos, Bears, Eagles, 49ers, Patriots, Jaguars, Cowboys, Steelers, and Browns. Let's fucking go, baby. And our new baby. community teams are the Dolphins and Packers. <laughs> Hope you enjoy one good dice, one bad dice every week, motherfuckers. All right. Uh, would you like to make your wishes now, or would you like to roll the bad dice first? Well, let's roll the bad <coughs> dice. I wasn't expecting such a such a plentiful such a windfall <laughs> of dragon balls. <laughs> oh, it appears that everyone has lost all their dragon balls. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, all right, <clears throat> all right. Let's uh, let's get ready for this one because we uh, we've received a call from the commissioner himself, Roger Goodell. Cat 
Oh. He's asked us to come to his office. He has something very important to discuss with us. So, uh, we go off to his office, and, uh, he tells us, you know, things aren't working out in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. He's pretty sure the team's gonna have to move, and it's gonna be up to us to scout locations. Now, one of us is gonna go to Jacksonville to make sure it's, you know, salvageable. One of us is gonna go to Mexico to check that out, and the other one of us is gonna go to London. And, better yet, he's randomly picking which of us goes where. Great. <laughs> oh, no. Alright, it appears oh. that I am headed to Florida, Chris is headed to, to London, and Parker's headed to Mexico City. Now! Oh, I feel something very nefarious yeah. waiting for now, me. Now, I will give you two the option to switch with one another if you'd like. Fuck no. No, I... Absolutely you guys are happy not. with this? Alright. Yeah. Let's read off the, uh... I'm never happy with let's this. Let's read house. off the results of our, uh, of our sojourns. So, uh, I go to Florida, and I'm forced to watch a Florida movie called Invasion USA. Now let me read the, the blurb here. Retired CIA agent Matt Hunter, Chuck Norris, is forced back into the business when a villain from his past reemerges. Soviet Mikhail Rostov, a terrorist who Matt once caught, wants to exact revenge. After failing to find Matt at his Everglades home, Rostov and his army of communist guerrillas begin carrying out terrorist attacks all over southern Florida. Okay. <laughs> I think he's got a hairier back than George the Animal Steel. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Chris, you got sent to London, correct? Alright, you're gonna be watching Monty Pythons and now for something completely different. <clears throat> That's a movie? I'll take I'll It take sure it. is. <laughs> Hope you like, uh, it's a series of sketch comedy bits from from the 70s, where everyone is dressed as their gender. You like all those things. Alright, now, uh, Parker, you've been sent to Mexico City. So you get off the plane, and you start heading towards the, uh, the stadium. When someone throws a bag over your head and you're kidnapped, you're taken deep into the jungle. It's Montezuma. He wants you to survive the deadly Aztec Pyramid. <laughs> I was waiting for that. All right, so you just pull over it. <laughs> if you look in the back, monsters in right. this pyramid. How are you not out of pyramid movies? I had to send you to Mexico for a reason. Yeah, this random thing will send you to Mexico. <laughs> Why would they kidnap me and take me to Mexico? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Well, it's, it's better than the Viet Cog setting traps. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fair. Alright, Parker, left or right? Oh, damn it. <laughs> you think he was kidding? <sighs> okay. Left. Okay. Second one, left or right? Okay. I'm just gonna speak to my spiritual advisor yeah, here okay. for a minute here. <laughs> you can confer take all you'd like. Or take the sword of the Lord. Take the sword of the Lord. Strike, strike, strike. I'm gonna go left again. Alright, keep going. Alright, we're gonna play the game where we cross our fingers and hope we're thinking of the same song. So I'm gonna pick left again. Ooh. Uh, Millennium play. Puzzle? Try it. Millennium Puzzle. You know what? Yeah, let's go ahead and just try that Millennium Puzzle and see what happens. Strangely enough, it works. It appears these pyramids may have been built by the same ancient aliens. <laughs> 
so you are able to continue to the fourth junction. Angels are being dispatched. Parker, left to right. It's like angels in the outfield, except it's angels in the pyramid. <laughs> I'm gonna go right again. Alright, you you advance to the final room of the pyramid. 50-50 chance, dude, to get riches untold. 50-50 chance. Right. Ooh, you were ejected from the pyramid. <laughs> oh, two rights made a fucking wrong. You hate to see it. <laughs> you were ejected from the pyramid, and as you look down into your hands, you see Aztec Rex, a movie where a pyramid attacks the Spanish conquistadors. Holy what shit. What the fuck? That's not real. <laughs> well, <laughs> Holy shit. Looks like the Spanish and the indigenous people have to work together to kill a T Rex. No. <laughs> that sounds so good. No. <laughs> I got a Monty Python movie. Parker, what did you get? That's <laughs> <laughs> Tech Rex. Well, that looks good. <laughs> that looks real good. <laughs> At least you didn't lose all 16 of your Dragon Balls. Oh, is this also known as Tyrannosaurus Azteca? <laughs> I love these sci-fi channel movies. Great. Closing the tab. <laughs> I have two made-for-TV movies about pyramids. <laughs> Look, it's not my fault that they have the corner on the uh, the pyramid market. Ian Ziering is the only actor I recognize, which is a problem. That's not good. This is okay. sure it'll be fine. Uh, looks like I have to search uh, for Aztec music to use for this pyramid. <laughs> Parker, would you rather watch Apocalypto? What? No, that's a real movie. exactly. Yeah, absolutely not. That also has a scene where a guy gets leeches on a stick. Okay, well. So uh, I guess well, next week's episode is. Is there any more Game of Games? No, I think that's all we got. Oh my goodness. Alright, next week's episode, The Phantom. I hate these pyramids. And that's the tea, sis. You took me to Mexico. You kidnapped me and took me to Mexico.